This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Today is resurrecting your hope. Now I'm going to tell you something. You could be a Christian for one day and you could be a Christian for 50 years and the devil will come and attack your hope. Life will attack your hope. Circumstances, all kinds of stuff. You know, we live in a bad world with a bad devil and a lot of bad stuff goes on. But thank God we've got Jesus that's greater than anything that we could ever go through. But still we go through stuff. But thank God we can count on God to get us through it. But sometimes, see, we need a resurrection to happen in our life. There's things sometimes, see, that get trodden down. They, you know, they get pushed down. They get almost killed. You know, dreams, whatever. But see, God can resurrect whatever it is in our life. So today we're going to talk about resurrecting your hope. Did you know that man can live 40 days without food? About three days, they say, without water, but about eight minutes without oxygen. How long do you think man can live without hope? Hope is essential life as the air that we breathe and the food that we eat. Even faith needs hope in order to be productive. So see, you got to have hope and faith go together. See, you can say, I have faith in God. You know, I believe that God said it, but where's your hope? See, see, because sometimes we can be believing one thing, but we're not really believing. We're just saying it because we're rehearsing. We're going through the steps, the motions of life. And it gets to sometimes become so familiar that our hope has died down. And we say, oh, I have faith in God, but you really have no hope that it's really going to happen. So where is our hope? Well, today I believe and hope that we're going to resurrect your hope and your faith in God. You know, hope is our lifeline to your future. Because without hope, see, it affects everything around you. It'll affect your destiny that God has destined for you. Not because of any fault on God, but because we have lost hope. Because hope is our lifeline. There are two types of hope, human and divine. So we're going to look at scripture. We're going to be looking out of the Amplified. The first one's going to be Romans 4 and 18. And it says, In hope against hope, Abraham believed that he would become a father of many nations as he had been promised by God. So numberless shall your descendants be. Now see, there's another thing where we can fail, quote, as a Christian, as a believer. See, we can say, well, I believe, but do you really know what God has said to you? See, if you don't look in the Word or find out what God has promised you, it's kind of hard to say, well, I'm believing that promise. I'm claiming that for my life if you don't know what was said. See, there's benefits in the Word of God. It's just like when you go to a job and they tell you that when we hire you on that you are going to receive benefits. But if you never, if they hand you the benefit package and you go, well, I don't need to know. Well, then how are you ever going to know what your benefits are? And if you don't know what they are, then you'll never access them. You can go all the way through working there and all of a sudden just realize, well, golly, I don't have any benefits. Well, because you never looked at what they were, you never accessed them. You never utilized them. Well, it's the same thing with the Word of God. God's Word is full of benefits. But you've got to know what the benefit is. You've got to read it, 
and then begin to believe it and then say, you know what? That's for me. That's yes and amen. I don't have to live here or be there or have done this all right or been perfect or whatever. If God said it's for me and I'm a child of God, Jesus lives in my heart, then that's for me. That's mine. He made that promise to me. Your hope, see, if we're not careful though too, see, hope needs to be anchored, you know, uh, in our, uh, with wisdom with God, but be careful that your human reasoning don't override that. See, it doesn't mean you throw your mind out and you don't think, okay? But you've got to take your human reasoning and mix it with the wisdom of God and let the Spirit of God reveal revelation to you. Well, how are we going to do that? One, we read the Bible. One, we come to church. We come together. It's not just a pretty thing to do or something you can check off on your list to say, oh, wow, I went to church this Sunday. Oh, God should be real proud of me. No, he's not impressed about you coming to church. He's impressed that you're coming here for him to hear what he has to say to you and me. See, he's not impressed. See, if you're just coming to show up, but you don't hear anything. See, you can sit there on your do-nothing forever. You can be a Christian for 10, 15, 50, 60 years and just sit there and still sit in the same chair, saying the same thing, believing the same thing, but have not affected anybody in your life or no change has come to your life because you're just going through the motions. No, God said, come and show up. Believe what I've said. Don't have to figure it out, but just believe it, expect it, and receive it but then start doing something do you get up and have to go to work do you get up and have to go to the uh, 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 to the bank if you want to get some money do you need to get up and eat to feed your body well get up and feed on the word of God and get up and show up in his house because there's something special see there is an umbrella that hangs over the house of God. See, God didn't just say to do it for the sake of doing it. There's a special blessing, and there's a protection, there's a favor that hangs over the people of God, that when we come in together, now you're not out here by yourself. Now all of a sudden when we come together, we're like this. So now when the enemy comes, see, and the wolf comes to try to attack you, see, then you're not out here all by yourself, you're here together. See, because then people are praying one for another. See, we don't have to know all about it, but there's something inside of us. Well, God will speak your name, and we pray one for another. So together we're better. There's strength in numbers. Hope anchored in God and his faithfulness. But let me just tell you something. See, we've got to trust him. We have got to let God breathe his revelation on us. Don't let your mind talk you out of it. Don't let circumstances talk you out of it. Don't let your problems talk you out of it. Don't let everybody else around you or the world or the news talk you out of it. Let God talk you into something that's going to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. Let God talk you into his blessings because he already said that when you came to him, you already have all these things. It's part of the benefit package, but open it up and begin to receive them. Begin to act on it. Begin to walk in what God has for you. Do you know, see, that what God looks down and says, gosh, why are they not walking in all I have for them? I've given them so much, but they haven't even touched it. They don't even expect it. They don't even believe it or receive it. What a disappointment, God's saying. Because there's so much that he has for us, but guess what? We got to do our part. We got to access it. You know, when you go to the ATM, they give you a code. Okay, but if you don't put that code in, then guess what? You're not getting the money out. 
God says, access me by spending time with me. Come be with me. Read my word. Pray. Show up in the house of God because I have something special that I want to share with you at the dinner table that you can't get anywhere else. God says, come. But we got to start believing his promises. You know, it's easy, though, to lose hope. There's lots of reasons why. But let's look real quick over at Romans 8 and 25. You know, actually, I'm going to go back up a minute. I wanted to read another one to you, I'm sorry, uh, about believing in hope. Let's look at um, Hebrews 6, 17 through 20. In the same way God, in his desire to show to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable nature of his purpose, intervened and guaranteed it with an oath. So that by two unchangeable things, his promise and his oath, in which it is impossible for God to lie, who have fled to him for refuge, would have strong encouragement and indwelling strength to hold tightly to the hope set before us. This hope, this confidence assurance that we have as an anchor of the soul, it cannot slip and it cannot break down on what, under whatever pressure bears upon it. A safe and a steadfast hope that enters within the veil of the heavenly temple, that most holy place in which the very presence of God dwells, where Jesus has entered in, advanced as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. I'm going to tell you something. God's saying, I've given you hope. But see, grab a hold of these scriptures. Go read them. You know, resurrect your hope again in God and in your dreams and in what God has asked you to do. You know, everybody's called. Whether you ever sing on the platform, stand up behind a pulpit, God says, when you come to me, you've been called to go be a witness. He said, go. He didn't just say the preacher go. He didn't just say that, you know, the, the musician uh, leaders go. He just said go to everybody. Go and tell them what did God do for you. Go tell your story. See, your life should be telling a story of God's love and his goodness. Not a perfect life. Not a life that never has problems or you've never messed up. No, you go and say, but when I do, I can call on my God. And my God will forgive me. My God is always there for me. Go tell of his love and his mercy and his goodness. Now, losing hope can happen in a lot of ways. Amen. It comes from every direction. But you know what? The devil is a liar. And we're going to look over um, in um, Hebrews uh, 11.1 1 real quick. It says, now faith is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of the reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. So see, sometimes your hope and your faith, you've got to just believe what God said. Abraham couldn't see. He didn't see kids in front of him. No, God said, I'm going to do this. Go out and look up at all the stars. That's how many children you will be father over. You will be father to many nations. But see, he couldn't see a physical kid. And all natural, there's no way him or Sarah having no baby. Everything had already said no, no, no. But guess what? He had to say, God said it. I got a word. 
So hope beyond hope, I have to just say, good, this doesn't make any sense. It sounds stupid, ridiculous, Sarah laughed. Abraham's probably thinking, oh boy, I don't know. Maybe you're talking to somebody else, God. No, but he had to make a decision. God said it to me. Am I willing to believe? Sometimes you've got to just choose to believe in the middle of the what seems foolish, ridiculous, and impossible and just say, but God, if you said it, then it'll happen. Let's look at Romans 8.25. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait eagerly for it with patience and composure. Now let me tell you, losing your hope can happen lots of ways. Life comes along. People come along. You mess up. I mess up. People have messed up. And sometimes it affects that. affects you. Sometimes, see, your decision don't just affect you, it affects others. Just like when other people make a decision, a wrong or a bad decision, guess what? Somehow, you know, depending on where it is, sometimes it affects you and it ain't very good. So now we got all this stuff happening, but guess what? God's still able. Failures will happen. Or we blame ourselves or say, God, I failed so much, how could I ever, ever, ever do or be anything for you in the kingdom of God. It seems like sometimes those delays, you know, are against us. Or we think the setback was meant to, no, then you can't have it. No, see, sometimes the setback and the delays are to set you up for something greater and better. It's to set you up, to push you forward. Sometimes it's to protect us. Because, see, sometimes, too, the delay is not that God didn't want you to have it. You weren't ready to have it. Amen. And I don't know about you, but I want everything that God has, but I want it in his timing. Because, see, sometimes you can beg and beg and beg and beg and force things and make them happen too soon. And guess what? It don't help you. It has now hurt you. So, see, there's also a thing, too, that you look at, okay, if it didn't happen now, then either God's got something better, you know, or God's still working on the, the, the situation for me. He's working behind the scenes for me. So don't look at the disappointments in life where we've disappointed one another. Sometimes you've gotten mad at God and pitched a fit. Guess what? He didn't fall off his throne. He's all right. He can handle you pitching a fit, blaming him, yelling at him, and hollering at him. But don't stay there long, okay? Because if you stay there too long, then the devil will get in. See? Because now you're going to start getting because then you're going to start doubting. And then you're going to start blaming God. And the next thing you know, the devil's all up in your business and convincing you, yep, you're right. You're right. It's God. It's God's fault. God don't love you. You've messed up too much. God don't care. God's not going to do this. You haven't, you know, got this breakthrough. You're never going to get a man. You're never going to get your healing. You're never going to get, you know, your bills paid. You're never going to have a better life. He'll just start agreeing with all this junk. And the next thing you know, you're sitting right down in the middle of a bunch of mess and a bunch of garbage and junk, and you ain't got no faith, you ain't got no hope, and the devil's done just convinced you, just walk away. And let me just tell you this today. There ain't nothing any better back there, okay? He'll, he'll convince you or try to tell you, but hey, look, you didn't have that much trouble when you were serving me. Oh, yes, you did. Oh, yes, we did, you know? But also, though, too, see, there weren't people that we were affecting their lives in a positive way, we were affecting them in a negative way. So I don't know about you, when I stand in front of Father God, I want him to say, turn around. Look. They're all here. Because well done, faithful servant. Because you lived your life, they're all here. So don't let the enemy steal your hope. 
It's easy to lose hope and faith in God, but don't stop believing. Have your little fit, waller for a little bit, but then get in the Word. Put on a CD. Put on some praise. Begin to listen. I don't care. You don't feel like it. You're mad. You're angry. You hate everybody. You hate yourself. You hate God, but it's all right. Put it on. Because if you don't start putting it on, guess what? You will start agreeing with it. And then you're just going to start doing this. And it's going to get worse and worse. And then it's going to get harder to come back. Because what's going to happen? Your heart is going to start getting hard. And you don't want to get in a hard place. Okay? Because the devil will move in. He will move in. So stay encouraged. And remember that God is greater than anything, anyone, okay, any devil. He's greater than that. But you're going to have to keep your hope on the line. Keep on pulling on God. God, I need you. God, I don't feel hope. I don't have faith. I don't feel like I, I feel like I've lost it all. I don't see how I can even see you. I've even been mad at you. I don't even know if I like you anymore. God's like, that's okay. Just keep pulling on me. Keep pulling on me. We'll get you built back up again. We're going to get you built back up again, but you got to listen. you got to listen to what God's saying and quit listening to other stuff. Quit listening to yourself and put in, put in worship and praise and put in the word of God and begin to listen to it. Because it's time for the resurrection of your hope to come alive again. We're going to return uh, to the source of hope. Let's look over in Zechariah 9.12. It says, return to the stronghold of security and prosperity. Oh, prisoners who have the hope. Even today I'm declaring that I will restore double your former prosperity to you as the firstborn among the nations. God said, see, read this stuff because it'll help you come alive again. When you feel like you're dying and you feel like you want to quit, begin to read God's word. Listen to it. There's power in the word. When you're sick and you go to the doctor and he gives you a prescription, I guarantee you take it because you paid for it. But guess what? There's something's going to happen, you'll start feeling better. If not, you go back and you go, something's wrong. He's going to say, but have you been taking it the way I prescribed it? Well, sometimes. Not all the time. Well, he's going to say, that's your problem. I told you to do a thing and you're not doing it. So how much more do we listen to man that you won't listen to God? God said, take my medicine because it will bring life to your bones. It will bring hope. It will bring peace. It will bring joy. It will resurrect what was once dead. God said, I will bring it alive again. So take your medicine of the word of God, but do it every day. Not just when you're in trouble, because guess what? That ain't going to work neither. Because, see, if you only take that medicine, you know, they say every day, three times a day, and you take it once, it's not doing what it was intended to do, so it's never going to benefit you. Take the Word of God. You take time to eat and drink. You're in your car. Put something on. Listen. Let your spirit, man, be built up and come alive again. Return to the source of hope, God's Word. Romans 15 and 4. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope and overflow with confidence in his promises. So how are we going to get hope? How are we going to get confidence? How is it going to overflow in our lives? we got to feed on it. 
If you never hear it, how are you going to know it? If you never hear it, you're never going to get built up. You're going to get weak and start to shrivel up. You will eventually spiritually die, maybe not physically, but spiritually you will. You'll be no good to yourself or of anyone else. God said, I've come that you have life. He wants you to be blessed in every area. Every aspect of your life is important. Yes, that you have groceries. Yes, that your bills get paid. Yes, that you have a roof over your head, that you're happy uh, in your marriage or your family life and with your children, that you have peace and joy. God, if all that matters to him. So why do we not trust him with our whole life and not just pieces of it? So return to the source of hope, God's word. Return to the source of God's spirit. In Romans 15, 13. Or no, 15, 4, right? No, I just read that. 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will abound in hope and overflow with confidence in his promises. We've got to rely on the Spirit of God, but if you don't spend time with him, it's kind of hard to hear from him. And if all we're doing is talking the problem and talking the trouble and never taking any time with God, it's kind of hard to hear him. It's the same thing that if Pastor and Bruce and I have been married for over 40 years, but if he were to come into our house and never talk to me, wave or whatever, and, you know, after a while, I'd be like, hey, what's going on here? How can we communicate? How can we grow here? How can we have a relationship if you never talk? You know, if you're not even, or, or listening to anything that I say. See, it takes two people to talk and to listen. You know, God gave us two ears and one mouth. If we could listen more and talk less, first with God and with one another, I tell you something, life would be a whole lot better in our lives and in the church because, see, sometimes we're too eager to run our mouths instead of first going to prayer and then listening to what God has to say. You know, it's all right to bring him your stuff. Because, see, what that also does, see, God already knows. But what that does sometimes is when you talk your stuff and go ahead and get it out of you, then it helps you. Because now I've got it all out, God, here it is. But then give it to him. Okay? Don't keep talking it. Don't rehearse it again tomorrow and rehearse it again tomorrow. Just like you're rehearsing somebody's, what they did to you 30 years ago. Let it go. What they did to you yesterday, let it go. Because guess what? It ain't hurting them, it's hurting you. Lay your pride down. Lay yours a little, uh, uh, you know, I've got to be right all the time. I know everything. Lay it down. Because that will destroy you and your family and your relationship with God. Get over it. Give it to God. The resurrection power of our hope, of, of our hope. let's return. Let's look at um, in Hebrews 10.25. Hebrew, this is for God's people. Not forsaking our meeting together as believers for worship and instruction, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more faithfully as you see the day of Jesus Christ approaching. Stay with God. Stay with his word. Stay in church. 
okay? And you say, well, but, you know, I've been hurt so much in church, and people are hypocrites in the church. Well, guess what? When you walked in, it became imperfect, too. When I walked in, it became imperfect, you know? We can all be hypocrites at times. Quit looking at what everybody else isn't doing and all their wrongs and faults and how they, you know, well, they say they're a Christian and they do this and do that. Well, big deal. What are you doing? You ain't doing any better by talking to God or whoever else about what they're not doing and pointing out, pointing the finger of saying, look at them, look at them. And they say they're a Christian. And they say they're a Christian. Well, God could look at us many times and say, and you say you're my child? Don't you know better than that? But thank God he don't go around pointing his finger at us all the time saying, look at that. Remember what you did yesterday? Remember what you did last week? Remember what you did a year ago? Remember what you're doing right now? No, he loves us. He gives us mercy and grace. So how much more do we need to show that to others? Now look, you may not always agree with what other people are doing, even in your family or whatever. You don't have to agree with what they're doing, but you've got to love them and you've got to forgive them. And you've got to show mercy and grace because guess what? If you don't, then when you need mercy and grace, it ain't going to be there. So lay it down because I'm going to tell you, who does it affect? You, not them. Your unforgiveness, it's like a cancer. It will eat you up. It will take you out physically or spiritually, but it will eat you up. Not them, you. They're going on with life. But it will also begin to affect your witness and your walk and your family. And it opens up the door to the devil in your life and in your family. Do you want that in your house? No. Get it out. Life is too short to be ugly and miserable and to have hard feelings towards others. Look, get up and go on. Smile at them. Hug them. Love them. If they're a believer or a non-believer, it don't matter. God said, still love them because I love you. Forgive them because I've forgiven you. I'm going to tell you because life's too short. And sometimes it's because it's just the right thing for you to do. I don't care what they're doing or they should know better or they're more mature than you or they're older than you and they've been, I don't care. God says, what are you doing? Just get up and do the right thing. Be happy and go on in life because I'll guarantee you then, see, what God's going to do in you and me, he's going to fix some problems we got with the finger pointing and the judging ourselves. But then guess what? He's going to work on them because they're going to go, mm, they're doing the very opposite I would have liked them to do. I wanted them to get a little mad. I wanted them to show up something. I wanted people to see, see, that if they were really a Christian, that they wouldn't be getting mad at me like this. Well, when you don't fuel the fire... Now all of a sudden God will start dealing with them and saying, maybe you need to do the right thing. Because they are. See, God's word and God's love will soften even the most critical and hateful blow. Amen? From a sinner and from a non-sinner. From a believer and an unbeliever. So let me ask you some questions today as Pastor Ron comes. Have you lost your hope today? Have you lost maybe your peace and your joy? Maybe you've lost of thinking, you know what, I thought once I had a call in my life, but I did this, 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 and that, and man, now I don't see how God could ever, ever use me ever again. Well, thank God, God is a forgiving God and a loving God. Maybe you're saying, you know what, I don't know how. I've said so many wrong things now. I've been so mad at God. I've blamed him for so much because I didn't know. 
that religious spirit had gotten on me and convinced me that it was all God. So I don't, how could God ever forgive? God forgives. Oh, he's been sitting there waiting with his arms open wide. But see, he's got to have an invite to come back in your life or come back in that area because he's, he's a gentleman and he don't force himself on anybody. He's always waiting and saying, can I come in? I have to have an invite. Let's just go ahead and open up all the doors in our life to God. Because I'm going to tell you, see, even as a Christian, there's certain areas you could open up, but there's other ones you've still said, I don't want to deal with that. I have anger issues. I respond too quick. I get mad too easy. You know, I've had hurt in my life, and it seems like that, man, any little thing just blows that up. I'm like a time bomb, you know. But or I just can't seem to not, you know, not talk about other people, or I can't seem, God, to just believe that you can do that for me. I see you doing it for everybody else, but I can't believe you'd do that for me. God said, that's all right, but if you'd let me in there, I can show you how I can. I can heal you. I can make you whole. I can help you with anger. I can help you with bitterness. I can help you with unforgiveness, but he's got to be invited in. You've got to honestly say, God, I have an issue. All of us have issues, okay? Some are more evident and seen by others, but everybody's got an issue, something you deal with. But let's just say, God, help me with that. Help me to forgive other people. Help me to forgive my mate, my children. Help me to forgive myself. Help me to love me. Because I can't love me, I can't love anybody else. Maybe you've done something really wrong. Or you feel like you've lied or been dishonest or cheated on your mate. But guess what? God can heal that too. God is a supernatural God. Do you know there's nothing that God cannot and will not do if we will just let him? Invite him in. Say, God, I need help in this area. I really messed up. God said, it's all right. We'll do this together. You don't have to do it alone. God is with you. God will resurrect your hope. God is able, but you're going to have to believe. I have to believe. See, I can't believe for you and you can't believe for me. We have to do this together. But we have to do it with God. So you have to be willing to say, God. So I'm going to tell you, the flesh will tell you, well, don't admit that. Oh, my God, if you admit that. Well, I'm going to tell you, until you admit it, you'll never get healed. You'll never get delivered from it. Okay? You never will. You'll still stay in the same thing because you're too proud. You're too prideful to admit, I got a problem. And if you can't even tell God. You know, I'm not saying you got to run around and tell everybody, okay, you know, I have an anger issue, I have a hateful issue, or I just can't, you know, I don't like church people. You know, I don't like myself. I'm not, I, but I'm saying, can you say that to God? If you can't even say that to God, how can he help you? Because he's waiting for an invite. But today, God wants to resurrect your hope again. He wants to resurrect your dreams. Breathe on you. Bring life back into you. Bring joy and happiness. That even when you're in the storm, you can say, but you know what? God's going to bring me through. I'm not going to stay like this. No matter where I'm at right now, it don't have to stay this way. I can choose to believe something different. I can choose to have something different. But guess what? You get to choose for you. I get to choose for me. You can't choose for your mate. You can't choose for your children. You can only choose for you. But I guarantee if you'll choose the right thing, and you do the right thing. You get healed. You get made whole. They'll come along. 
family relatives that maybe you don't like or don't get along, they'll come along. Things will be different when you and I do the right thing. But we got to invite God in. We got to invite God in. I just ask everybody, if you could, just please stand. That way there you won't feel like you're being singled out if I say stand. If you, if you have an issue and then, you know, only one person stands, everybody's looking. Oh, look, they got an issue. Now everybody's got issues. Amen? We all have had some things that we have felt like has died in our life. We have some things that we feel like we need God to breathe on again. Breathe on our joy, our peace. Breathe on our a relationship with our mates, with our children, with our family, with our relatives, with our church family. Maybe with our relationship with God. We need God's breath of life to breathe on us again. Amen. So, Father, I just thank you right now in the precious name of Jesus that you are touching each and every person. And I come against, I come against that spirit of hopelessness, of discouragement, of depression, God, oppression, a disconnect that has taken you from you, God, that has been robbing and stealing and lying and telling them, God, that it's your fault, separating themselves from you, from one another, from the church. I declare right now and speak alive. Breathe upon your people struggling with anger, with responsive issues, with judging, with judgmental. God, always finding criticalness about one another, but never looking at us and saying, God, fix me. God, we pray for those, God, that need joy and peace in their life so they can have it in their relationship, so they can have it in their marriage, so they can have peace and joy in their home again, that they can see their children loving you and serving you, that they can see themselves full of this love and this peace. I declare hope today to rise, to be resurrected again in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And we'll give you the praise and the glory for it. And if you can agree, say amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.